0: The <laughs> Get Smart Politics. It is 7-11-2022 and I'm Sarah. I'm here with the host of Get Smart Politics, Eric Boll, and we are going to present you with another political cheat sheet for this week. Again, it's Monday, July 11, 2022. We're 120 days until the November midterm election and about 28 months from the 2024 presidential election, which we get to talk about a little bit today. Very exciting. Um, All right, three top storylines today. Eric, make me care about this USICA stuff.
1: Yeah, it's not the most exciting bill that we're talking about here. But um, we've got just a few weeks before Congress goes into recess for the entire month of August. And that happens every year, whether it's an election year or not. And uh, the the Democrats that are in charge of both the House and Senate are hoping to get something across the finish line before they leave for August. And uh, they have two Options, two different things on the table that they're they're actually trying to get both of them passed. One is this Usica bill, and that is um, a innovation bill. It's Innovation and Competition Act, and they are um, hoping to give a bunch of money to semiconductor manufacturers to try to bring more of that back to America, so it's not so dependent on foreign countries. We've all heard about the chip shortages, and many people struggled to get electronics and cars and all kinds of things that use electronic chips. And so this would hopefully address that. And it passed both chambers by a bipartisan vote earlier in the year, but they're trying to work out differences and then get a final version across the finish line. So the reason this has um, become challenging, I guess, is because the Democrats are also trying to pass a budget reconciliation bill that is purely partisan. It's not at all bipartisan. It would be 100% Democrat votes. And that's going to be really hard. They struggled to get that done last year. Famously, uh, Joe Manchin backed out of it and said he didn't want it to continue negotiating about it anymore. Um, this was the Build Back Better bill last year that the president right. really wanted to get passed. Yes. And so this is like a skinny version or a light version. Those are the two words you'll get. You'll hear thrown around talking about this reconciliation bill. Uh, a light version of Build Back Better and. Bottom line is, uh, Mitch McConnell, who's the majority—I'm sorry, the minority leader, the Republican leader, in the Senate, came out over the Fourth of July weekend and said, uh, "It's not happening. You're not going to get both. You you won't get the big. It's like a fifty-three million uh, billion dollar billion-dollar uh, semiconductor manufacturing bill. Or, that's Usica. Yeah, that's Usica. You, you're not going to get that and the Build Back Better bill. It if you're going to do one, you're not going to get the other." And so that really kind of threw everything in turmoil. Democrats are really struggling to find a way to make both of them still happen. Bottom line is they think it might be their last chance to get any big legislation done to help them in the midterms. And um, so they think they have to do it because we've talked several times about how they're staring political defeat in the face. Um, It looks pretty bad in November. Yeah. And this is maybe their only chance to help that with Congress.
0: Yeah, and Mitch McConnell isn't going to want to help them out with just a few short months to go.
1: Yeah. So I can see
0: why he's really pushing back on this. Exactly.
1: We've got four months, less than four months, shockingly, until the November elections. Um, If there's anyone on Earth, who's not going to help them get this done? It's Mitch McConnell because he doesn't want to give them a win.
0: Yeah, this is like when I'm down, you know, 5 1 in a tennis match for the set, and you don't want to give up any extra points because mm-hmm. you're just four points away from losing the set. So. Yeah, he
1: feels like he's got almost sure victory coming up here in a few months. Why would he help his opponent out mm-hmm. and give them a win? Interesting. Um, so he's been taking a pretty hard line saying it's not going to happen. And basically, the other thing, to, the other reason this is so important right now is they go, the, both chambers of Congress um, go on the August recess here in uh, three to four weeks. I think the House is three more weeks. The Senate is four weeks from now. Uh, if they don't get something done before then, it's over. You're not going to pass anything after that August recess in an election year, anything of substance. It's just not going to happen.
0: Does the USICA bill have a lot of Republican support?
1: Yeah, it was a fairly strong bipartisan bill. Um, both, both sides see the need to address an issue there because obviously this chip shortage thing and reliance on foreign sources for that are, is a huge problem. National security risk, really. And the other thing, it's not just that it, they're not made in America. The vast majority of, or a, a large proportion, I should say, of these chips are made in Taiwan. And that's such a um, geopolitical hot button issue right now is if uh, if China were to invade Taiwan, that could really uh, completely throw our economy into a tailspin because such a huge number of our chips come from Taiwan. So we don't want to be dependent on that either.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't want anything to send us into a more of a tailspin. For <laughs> as if sure. it isn't bad but enough. But the Republicans are going to use this as sort of their game piece for right now. Is that what you're saying? Yeah,
1: I think the real issue, like the real goal here by McConnell, is to keep Build Back Better light from happening. Okay. And so I think he's hoping to say, "Yeah, we'll help you get this, um, uh, usica bill done, but uh, only if we're pretty sure that the other one's dead."
0: Got it. Okay, so our second story is one that I actually am interested in because I'm a huge angle file, and that is Boris Johnson announcing that he's going to resign this fall. Um, what do you take of this? What do you think?
1: I knew this one would finally get you. Um, yeah, you, you know more about the Queen and the the royal family than anyone. So, mm. um, yeah, this was really interesting to watch. Just the complete implosion of Boris Johnson's government over the past couple of weeks. He had been having a pretty rocky time to begin with. And then a couple of scandals that have just dogged him since the past, oh, what, maybe nine months to a year. Um, when the, Yeah,
0: holding parties without um, masks during the height of COVID when the UK was really restrictive about those kinds of things.
1: Yeah, not following his own advice. You know, this uh-huh. seems to be the biggest thing that gets people in trouble is um, people are willing to sacrifice if they feel like their leaders are doing it too. But if the leaders set the rules and then don't follow them themselves, boy, that's like the surest way to get in trouble.
0: Yeah, and then there was a huge amount of staff from Downing Street that has left recently, and that kind of yeah. seemed to do him in.
1: And I, I put a chart in this uh, this morning's newsletter. You might want to take a look at that. Just when I saw it, it just shocked me um, how the number of resignations that he had had from his uh, cabinet just shot straight up. He had almost fifty people resign, uh, from his cabinet by the time that he d- announced that he was stepping down. And many of those were in the last two or three days before he stepped down. Basically, he just completely lost the confidence of his own cabinet. Um, and that this was basically the, the issue, the, the, sc- the scandal that finally caused him to, uh, fall apart was that there was a, um, member of his leadership in parliament that he had helped get this deputy whip position, even after he knew that that member of parliament had already had some um sexual harassment issues and uh, he was aware of it himself uh, uh, boris johnson was aware of the problems before getting the guy a promotion and then that came out that he already knew about it and uh, that made everyone just jump off the ship so the reason i bring this up that i think it's actually really kind of interesting and important is that boris johnson rising to power in the first place was tied together with brexit Mm -hmm. um and a lot of people in america saw that as sort of a precursor to the populist movement in america yes and um there were several other people across europe that were uh, also rose through uh, the ranks up into the leadership in their countries uh, in more of a populist style as well and it was like a wave that then rushed over america so there's a lot of speculation now that now that you know Boris Johnson is having problems, and several others across Europe are, is that really just a sign that um, the moment is passed for populism, and that we're going to see that same thing happen here, where people just kind of get fed up with it? They're tired and sick, sick and tired of people who don't like seem to play by the rules and don't seem to abide by any of the norms, and they're ready for some uh, more stable leadership. Um, I think it's really going to be interesting to see how that plays out in America. And if this is just a precursor to what comes over here.
0: So that's a really good segue to your third story. And I kind of teased earlier, but we're already get ready. I know it's crazy, but we're already going to be talking about the 2024 presidential election. um, And tell me why you kind of have that flagged for this week.
1: Yeah, everybody's starting to really think about what's going to happen here. Part of this is because, as we talked about a, a week or two ago, President Trump is, uh, former President Trump is starting to feel some um, heat because of the January 6th committee and some of the findings and some of the hearings that have been happening there. Um, He's been rumored to be thinking about announcing his own bid for reelection for 2024. And then uh, there's a ton of speculation about whether or not President Biden will run for re-election or not because of, um, well, the terrible situation he's in, um, both from an economics standpoint as well as just political standpoint and his health uh, concerns that people have. Um, it seems like the wolves are starting to circle uh, around him in his own party. And so after, uh, with all of that already on the plate, over the July 4th weekend, we saw Governor Gavin Newsom from California start running ads that are paid for by his uh, Newsom for Governor campaign in Florida, and just calling out and needling uh, Governor Ron DeSantis in Florida and saying, hey, you ought to move to California if you don't like Florida, and I think that um, Newsom was really strengthened by the recall effort that he survived yeah. last year. It it may have backfired on the people who wanted to get him out because all it did is make him stronger. And now he's really being talked about as maybe um, a person to step in uh, if Biden decides not to run again.
0: He's been building in popularity for quite some time. Yeah. Um, I remember him making a huge splash When did he when was he elected governor and he is pro marijuana usage and so or um, legal marijuana. And so he has been making pretty a pretty big splash on the political scene since then.
1: Right. And he's always been a a very stalwart progressive. He's outspoken in his progressiveness. And um, he's he used to be, I think, mayor of San Francisco, if I remember right. He at least is from San Francisco and um <laughs> one of the interesting things about him is apparently the people around him um say that he is he's constantly worrying that he's too good looking and like <laughs> seriously he's actually concerned like that's a thing <laughs> around him he is him. pretty good looking yeah i mean that's and that's what what's so interesting is like he he's looks he's no
0: george clooney or anything Well, he looks but... straight out of central
1: casting though yeah, for he does. what you'd want your politician to look like and so Um, if he can get some steam behind him, you could totally see that he might be one of the few people able to step in the breach if, um, if president Biden decides not to run again, but the fact that he's calling out DeSantis on his home turf, who is Mm -hmm. also the other person who might be able to step in the breach. If former president Trump decides not to run again, you know, are we seeing the, the next, um, you know, the next round of people starting to dip their toe in the water? and see if their, uh, their standard bearer in their own party is going to step down or if they can take them on and maybe say, you know, their time has passed and let's have some new blood come in here. That'll be, be really
0: interesting because when was the last time we had a serious challenger to an incumbent president?
1: Yeah, probably not since um, Ronald Reagan ran you know, against mm-hmm. Ford. I, I believe that's correct, back in 76 and almost um, took the nomination. At, and then four years later, came back and got the nomination. Uh, It's been since before I was born, really. So it's really would be uh, almost unheard of for most people that are voting these days.
0: Okay, so those are some really interesting stories. Um, We don't have any primaries this week, but we do have one in Maryland for next week. So I'm sure we'll be talking about that then. Um, President Biden is traveling this week to Israel and Saudi Arabia. Um, And the House and Senate are in session, like we mentioned, for the next few weeks, trying to get something accomplished before they go on August recess. So that's what we have for you this week. And thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.